The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience. Talking Trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia. Good evening, America. You're here on Radio Tony again, listening to Tony Lontis. And I'm really glad to be back. This is my second show back after a slight little break. Um, I had a little bit of time off in Fiji and had um, a lovely time with Elizabeth Gilbert. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Elizabeth, she's the writer of Eat, Pray, Love and the movie of the same name where she uh, was played by Julia Roberts. And um, it was a really wonderful time in Fiji and it was beautiful weather and um, it was a unique experience in that the whole resort was reserved for a women's only retreat and that's not something I've experienced before and that was very nice. Um, So I am feeling a little bit more refreshed now having had a little bit of break. I was hoping that Rebel 2 had had a break. So a big shout out to our wonderful radio technician Rebel with whom this show would not be possible without her help. So um, during the break, my new Radio Tony website got up and running and it's radiotony.com and you can jump on there you can connect with me see what guests are coming up um suggest guests for my show and connect with me generally because i love to hear from you oliver no men were there on this journey no oliver the only men that were there were the guys that did the carver ceremony um you know carver is the traditional drink that the men use in their celebratory um moments um so and there were a few men uh serving and waiting behind the bars but other than that completely women's only across the resort and of a night time you would see the security guards arrive and they would patrol the outskirts of the resort at night so like really different but lovely at the same time um so really good also coming back to the show 
we have a new show sponsor. So Radio Tony's new show sponsor is a wonderful woman called Tracy Horton, who can't be with us today, but whom I will have live on the show at various points over the next little while. Tracy Horton is an international award-winning speaker, author, and life coach. She works alongside men and women and has done so for over 25 years in helping them rebuild lives and allowing people to become the best versions of the of themselves. I'm so excited to have Tracy on board with me. Her um, she spent such a long time helping people and helping them create their own authentic journeys in life. She's also a guest lecturer at one of our at Griffith University in Queensland. She's a member of the Las Vegas Speakers Bureau and a guest speaker for the Women's Economic Forum worldwide. Um, Tracy's book, The Unhappy Smile talks about uh, Tracy's journey through her trauma and this is what she says in this inspiring book she offers deep insights into understanding yourself and others woven through her own story of brokenness and abuse Tracy shows you how she's able to turn one day thinking into actionable into an actionable plan that changed her life Today, both society and the media are asking more and more conformity of all of us. With pressure like no other generation before, we run a real risk of losing ourselves. Tracy's book, The Unhappy Smile, is packed with practical tools to help you become the best version of yourself. The Unhappy Smile will take you on a journey leading you to your authentic self. Tracy's a firm believer that we are our best resource and that we do, in fact, have everything we need. We just need to discover that within ourselves. So her book will help you find hope in the face of change, learn how to handle all your emotions, discover your strengths, strategize for long-term growth, create your own authentic life and get excited and celebrate your life. So I'm excited that in a few weeks we will have Tracy live on the show today. So Zara wants to know, was it safe and fun trip? Uh, Zara and Harper, it was definitely fun, but there were also elements of hard work because Liz Gilbert delivers a workshop that encourages you to work on your soul and your mind. So we did um, some letter writing around forgiveness and letting go. Um, We did some work on dealing with grief um, and there were phenomenal speakers, all women, talking about everything from girls' problems to sex to grief to relationships to joy and happiness in our lives. So, um, And there were many aspects of it that were fun. So one of the best workshops I went to was one around uh, face reading 
and your chakras and that was fascinating and the girl that runs that workshop I'm hoping to get her live on Radio Tony at some stage um, because she was really fascinating and the influence of chakras and where they sit and the chakras where they respond to different points on your face was fascinating stuff and as you guys know I love all that stuff and so I'm hoping to get her on the show as well. There was another wonderful speaker who has developed a platform around archetypes. So her archetypes are around different personalities and she created this whole platform. Again, another person I'm hoping to get on the show uh, soon, rather, sooner rather than later. Um, so lots of Lots of fun stuff, including snorkeling and paddling, which I love. The water was so warm and so clear. I saw sea turtles and big fat octopuses that like watched you from the bottom of the coral. One in particular, he had sort of a cave in the in the coral, and so he would come out and his colour would change to completely match the coral that he was in. And when I went to swim closer to him and snorkel sort of over the top of him, he would back down into his cave and he would change into this beautiful, dark, inky colour. And then I'd back off and he'd come back out of his cave again and pop back up and his googly eyes looked like they were watching me the whole time. Um, So many colourful fish, some really beautiful coral, um, bright uh, orange coral, some white coral with iridescent blue tips on the end, green, white, uh, all sorts, and lots and lots of different fish, particularly the fish that love the corals and the fish that eat the corals. And also, surprisingly, there were big schools of what looked a bit like a small tuna. I have no idea what sort of fish it was, but they were very inquisitive. And any time I went snorkeling with them, they would like surround me and like swim along where I swam. So that was all lots of fun. Lots of uh, beach walking um, because it was its own little island as well. So we not only had the whole resort, but the whole island was ours and you could walk right along the beach and there were Uh, as you know islands have beautiful sunsets and so there were beautiful sunsets the only thing was it was a little tropical and so there was a big cohort of ladies from across America lots from uh, Los Angeles and they as well as me were uh, a bit uh, troubled by the heat Um, very hot and steamy a couple of big storms but other than that it was a really lovely way to spend a week with lots of wonderful inspiring uh, women and lots of great speakers Uh, one of the highlights was a magician from the UK who wove into her first keynote speech a story about Liz Gilbert and how they met and that was really funny and really wonderful so before I go much further I just want to tell you about our first guest today. Our first guest is Justin Pagato. Now, Justin is a social entrepreneur with a passion for harnessing business for social good. His mission is that in Australia, by 2030, every dollar spent will be for social good. Justin's uniquely pay it 
straightforward formula has also spilled over into his personal life. As a father of young children, he is equally passionate about being the best parent possible. He spends quality time with his youngsters, taking them on trips, which strengthens the bonds between him and them. Um, Whilst on a leadership trip to the Philippines in 2016, Justin had an epiphany. And that epiphany was, why not provide a unique travel experience for families singles and organizations by giving them the opportunity to work together on a program a project that benefit his destination country and so justin founded trips plus holidays with purpose which allows first world travelers to give back to third world countries by leaving a legacy of community transformation he gives fellow philanthropists an opportunity to create wonderful memories while helping less fortunate communities. So it doesn't appear that we quite have Justin online, so we're going to take a quick little break while we get Justin online and come back to you in a moment. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony on W4WN, a platform for the unheard. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Radio Tony on W4WN, your safe space for tough conversations. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tony Lontis on Radio Tony this morning, and we have our first guest online. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. And you? Yeah, excellent, excellent. Every day is a good day to be alive. It is indeed I'm really happy, listeners, because Justin is actually my partner in delivering our tours to the Philippines. And we were going to go in May. However, as most of you understand, there's a few issues around coronavirus at the moment. So we've postponed it to November. And I'm really delighted that I have connected with Justin and that we are able to deliver such a wonderful tour on my behalf and with his help. And so, Justin, I thought today that we'd um, just tap into what did you do before you got involved with Trips Plus? Uh, Well, I've got a a pretty varied um, career, but I've always loved people and I've always loved relationships. I've been involved in the financial services industry, did a commerce degree. Um, But like a lot of things, you know, Trips Plus is what I call a divine accident. And, you know, you're not really looking for things, but uh, it finds you rather than you find it. So about probably five or six years ago, a good friend of mine, Mario Podestades, who's Filipino, uh, you know, we've known each other for 25 years. Um, He 
lives in Sydney, um, but he's always had a passion to help his fellow countrymen. So for about the last 10 years, he's been going back, doing leadership and equipping. So he said to me and to other people, who wants to go to the Philippines? And yeah. to be honest, um, you know, I was really busy. So I've got three kids, um, 15, 13, 11, so they were a lot younger then, you know, busy running businesses. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I don't need anything else in my life. But I just felt this burning in my heart uh, to go. And I said to my wife, I just think I've got to go. I've got to go on this trip. She said, yep, fine, go. So I went once, fell in love with the people, fell in love with the country, and then Mario and I said, well, what can we do to help transform that's our trip plus before. Yeah, which is amazing because ever since I discovered Justin in Trips Plus, I'm amazed that someone hasn't uh, done it in such a wonderful way before. So everything that Justin in Trips Plus does is is quite wonderful in the way that it's set up. So, Justin, let's start a bit about telling our listeners what um, a holiday with purpose involves. Okay. Well, purpose-driven travel is exploding. There's no doubt about it. And really, to make it simple, um, it's totally changing the way that people travel. So often in the past, people went and they would have a good time. And I would say, though, maybe what's called consumer country, which means they go and they enjoy the country. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But... What people are now discovering and what's the passion in our heart is that when you go to another country or even in Australia, when you go on a holiday with purpose and you actually do something which involves giving to people who can never repay you, there's something very powerful that happens in your heart that doesn't happen when you don't do that. And so uh, we take many different groups over to the Philippines. We take schools for service learning and we might go and build a house or do an environmental cleanup in a coastal area or in a, a riverbank cleaning. Uh, yeah. We also do um, some schools, uh, maybe cooking in schools or slum feeding. But the whole essence of it is you're going to give. I've just come back from a medical mission two weeks ago, yeah. and we gave nearly a thousand free medical and dental appointments in four impoverished areas. And you know, these people. They're so poor they don't even go to the doctor. And we yeah. saw it all. We saw blind people, deaf people, people with holes in their heart, people who got hit and run. And one of the yeah. big traffic stories that um, we're still trying to work out how we can help this lady is it was a mother of five. So you mothers of the program, just imagine this. You're a mother and you've got five kids. You suffer a hit and run. So this lady's name was Shirley. Hit by a car car drives off, broken leg, and, you know, in Australia we take it for granted if you just go to the hospital. My daughter yeah. broke her arm a couple of years ago and she was in the hospital getting operated on that night. So Shirley's leg got broken in November. It's now March. Her leg hasn't set, so her right right leg is, uh, you know, 20 centimetres shorter than the other and she's in a wheelchair and she's got five kids. You know, so... It's just stuff that we don't know about because poverty does limit your choices. And so we go over there. So we're trying to work out how we can help Shirley and whether we can pay for her operation. 
Yeah. Um, we also take uh, universities. We take uh, people who want to run retreats, such as yourself, which is what yeah. you. Um, we also have uh, a lot of fun trips, which are designed for active people who love to go swimming with whale sharks, kayaking, yes. or bike riding, or trekking. So we combine doing good, volunteering, and seeing the stunning beauty of the Philippines. Add those two things up. And that's what yeah. So, Justin, Trips Plus is considered a social enterprise tour company. Can you explain that for our listeners? Yeah, sure, Ken. So, a social enterprise is simply, it is a for-profit business. Sometimes there's non-profit social enterprises, but, yeah. you know, the big thing to understand is that profit is not bad. You know, profit actually enables uh, you to do more sustainable and to actually have reserve funds. Now, yes. a social enterprise differs from a traditional profit um, organisation in that you are in, in business to do good. That's your first and foremost objectives. Yeah. Profit just helps you deliver the mission. So, so that's what Trips Plus does. So we want to see the Philippines transform. That's what's burning in Mario and I's heart. So we see transformation uh, through delivering purpose-driven travel. So holidays with purpose is the vehicle, but the actual yes. outcome is actually the city. So it's really, it's essentially having um, a, a holiday that incorporates a, a holiday but helping the local community, which is incredibly important um, in the Philippines, which is considered a third world country. And for those of us in Australia and um, America, we have so much and, and we think that we don't, we might think that we don't have much, but in comparison to third world countries, we have so much, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of an aha moment. Like every time I yes. go, and this is what changes my heart as well, yeah. and part of the transformation is not just transforming Filipino people, it's actually transforming the people who come as well. Yes. Um, that they would have uh, seamless travel, which is one of our promises, so we make everything yes. easy. The second one is that you travel like a local, not a tourist. So we can yeah. get to places that you just can't go to um, as, a, as a regular tourist. I guarantee, you know, I was in the slums in Manila two weeks ago and yeah. feeding program um, for about 100 kids and we are literally in the middle of the slum having a local tour on our party. Or, uh, say, for example, um, going and living in a Goa village. I stayed yeah. in exactly the same houses that we take teams to build, these colourful houses that are built for yeah. the poor. When they do 1,600 hours of volunteer work, they get given a house. Okay. Isn't that an amazing incentive, Justin? Well, yeah, poverty is, a, is it's fundamentally in the heart and the mind. It doesn't matter whether we're in Australia or the Philippines. Yes. Our partner, Gawad Kalinga, they're in 3,000 villages. So... And they have a massive vision to transform 5 million people out of poverty. So what yes. they have worked out over 24 years 
but they haven't been, you know, they're not just a fly-by-night social enterprise, and they're actually voted the Philippines' most trusted organisation. But what they worked out is you have to get rid of poverty in the heart and the mind. So they went to the slums and said to people, if we can help you, if you want to go down this journey, do you want to actually get out of your situation and come to a yeah. new community? Well, all you have to do is work 1,600 hours, you know, which yeah. is a reasonable amount, but I reckon it's easier than owning a house in Sydney, uh, oh, work 1,600 definitely. hours, and you're in the uh, trenches. So they're all done by hand pretty much. We're in there as well, digging trenches or doing some Painting, painting, or less um, physical stuff. Yeah. But you don't know whose house you're building. So there's actually community built. And so your neighbours end up being the people who you've just um, spent the last six months working with. And then, after them, Gala Kalinga helps those people become self sufficient. And then we go and stay in those villages uh, for a homestay. And it is. Exactly how Filipinos live. You know, lots of right. Filipinos live on the floor. Um, you know, we get the beds. You know, they give us the one bed in the house. So, mm. You know, but you literally sleep in the same room as and live how they live. And that's not the whole trip, but you know, it depends. Some people uh, only go and have a meal in a village. Sometimes yeah. people stay for only one night. Sometimes yeah. you're doing a house build, you stay for four nights. But yeah. there's so many different things we can do. Medical missions, I've already talked about, um, eating in the villages, staying, doing a house build or a cleanup. But every time we do that, an income stream goes to that village and it's spread out to educate the kids and spread out to provide for the families. So it's yeah. a very powerful way of using, um, you know, what, what we all love to do, which is go on holidays. Um, yes. And it changes literally changes people's lives. And then after that, we pick stunning places in the Philippines. So for, for people who don't know, uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, before I had my AHA experience in Mario, Philippines wasn't on my radar yeah. at all. Um, but it's, it's got 7,102 islands. Uh, Say that again. How many islands in the Philippines? 7,102 that's a lot, isn't it? A lot of them aren't inhabited, but they are stunning. You know, places like Coron and El Nido have been voted the most beautiful places in the world several yeah. years ago. But then we take people to places out of the way as well. So, yeah. you know, I like going where there's not many tourists. That's my favourite. Yes. So we know the places to go that are out of the way. I went to this fantastic um you guys in November, um, yeah. this Spanish art museum, art museum. It's only an hour, hour and a half from Manila. Um, yes. And it, you feel like you're in Spain. There's eight massive galleries. There's just beautiful gardens and vistas. I don't know who owned this place, but it was incredible. Yeah. And just up the road, you can get a 90-minute um, massage have what's called a doctor fish massage where these fish tickle your feet. Make the <laughs> a bit of an experience I had <laughs> two weeks ago and squealed a bit. But what if you've got ticklish feet? Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to. <laughs> I, I got used to it after a while. Um, right. But it's, it's very relaxing. 
got a little waterfall there and sit and put your feet in this pool and the fish come and take off. It's like a pumice stone, but a live pumice stone. Uh -huh. Um, right. And had an hour-long massage, which was one of the best massages in my life. Like, in my opinion, yeah. massages in the Philippines are better than Australia. Uh, well, yes, uh, lots of massages are better than what you get in Australia and probably what you get in America too. Uh, Justin? I'll let that through the keeper. That <laughs> one of the other parts that I like about Trips Plus is the fact that the company is a B, is B Corp accredited. Can you tell our listeners what that means and why it's so important? And so, uh, you know, it's one thing to do good. It's another thing to have a global accreditation that proves it. Yes. I get that people get sceptical about it. Um, so what B Corp is, is a global accreditation that is actually very tough to get. Now, I was confident that we would get it because we built transformation into every part of our business. And then some of the transformation parts of our business that we don't even get any points for B Corp with the I told B Corp should. So um, part of it is we prefer to use suppliers who are either women, because um, in the Philippines, uh, you know, women often come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Yes. We also use, as I've already mentioned, Gawad Kalinga, we stay in their village, but sometimes we use transport that's owned by yes. people in the village, a van. Uh, and then we also try, if we can, to visit social enterprise. So yeah. about two weeks I'm going to Maiti, um, and there's a bee farm there. You know, you oh. can go to the bee farm, and it's got a nice place to swim, and married women prepare the lunches there. You know, so every time we spend our dollar there, it has a huge impact. So it it's helps been quite simply a global accreditation that uh, you can put your hand on your heart and say, we have been tested and we are doing both social and environmental good. So there's not too many in the world. I think there's only 200 in Australia uh, yeah. at the top of my head. Um, so you know, that's so pretty cool. Very hard to get, which is good in a way, um, yeah. but it just proves that we do use our business as a powerful social and environmental good. Yeah, yeah. So the Philippines as a country has a really interesting history that our listeners may not be familiar with. So, Justin, can you tell tell them about Manila's checkered history? Yes. Well, um, it is fascinating because the history of a place does affect the, the culture. So the fascinating thing about the Philippines is it is a real fusion of uh, obviously Filipino, but you add yeah. Spanish, yeah. Chinese, American to that. So you have those four cultures fused in. And so the first thing that people should realise is that Spain conquered the Philippines for over 333 years. Yeah. That is a long time to be under someone's rule. And yes. so... Uh, Spanish culture has a massive effect on Filipino culture. You know, that's where yeah. Catholicism came from. So Catholicism, uh, I think about 80% of people are Catholic in the Philippines. 
um, and in many places, um, you know, Catholicism is quite strong. There's also yeah. in Manila a Spanish quarter, and you feel like you're in Spain, and we take people there, and we'll, we'll take you guys there as well. Yes, uh, yeah. Then about 1896, there was a bit of a rising up in the yeah. local guy called Jose Rosa, um, and he was a an intellectual actually, and he did a lot of writing and uh, about the need for the Philippines to have their own identity. Anyway, like mm-hmm. a lot of things, people like that were actually killed. So he was shot by a firing squad um, oh. and and died. But he is a national hero. So there's a shrine to him, very fascinating museum, which we take people to. But yeah. then, even more fascinating, the Americans bought. Philippines from Spain for twenty dollars oh. uh, back in I think eighteen ninety eight around there. How much? How much did they buy it for? Twenty five million in whatever the, the currency of the day. So it would have been a fair bit, but for a whole country, it's a bargain, isn't it? Oh, what a bargain! And there was a bit of bloodshed there, so uh-huh. between the US and the Filipinos. When that happened. Yeah. So. You know, Philippines then only became its own nation, a sovereignty after World War II. So uh, it's relatively young in terms of independence then. Absolutely. And so all those things have really contributed to the Filipino psyche and also that yeah. melting of food, for example. You get all those things. American food is huge. Yeah. All the, you know, Kenny Rogers and... Um, you know, when country and western like, music, yeah, yeah, and but they still have their own strong Filipino, like beautiful dancing, beautiful singing. Yes. Which people yes. in this cultural show, it's incredible. Or a lady spins and dances with a cup of water on her head, yeah, so, fascinating. That the national dance will jump in between two bamboo poles. Um, yeah. there's also a lot of Spanish food, so that's, yes. uh, that's coming as well. A lot of meat eating. Oh, gee, you eat a lot of meat. In the Philippines. So, <laughs> um, seafood. But, wow. But the Filipinos are like the Spanish, and I'm half Italian. They love to eat. Uh-huh. So my advice to everyone, before you go, I limit my calories for about two weeks before. I drop a couple of kilos, so I've got plenty of space to put. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then... Um, so, and then they use that all in. So the food is food is very different. It's very diverse. Yeah. And, um, so that's the fascinating culture of the Philippines. And, you know, I'm still learning more and more and more every time I go just how Spanish and the American um, conquering of the Philippines really, what effect it had on the Philippines. Yes. Yeah. So before I go on to my next question, I've got a wonderful question from Chase. And he says, what I'm hearing, there are many ways to put a trip together and to plan things. And I'm going to go up throw to you, Justin. Absolutely, Chase, there is. And Justin? Yeah, so it just depends what people want to do. So we have uh, regular tours. I, I forgot to mention, actually, one that I have a big passion for. So it's actually amazing that I actually forgot it. 
Um, one of my real passions is parenting and fathering. And I read a stat that teenage kids only spend seven minutes a day talking to their parents. Yeah. And, you know, I've got one teenager, soon to have two next month. And um, I know the challenge of uh, getting words out of my 15-year-old son, Noah. <laughs> He's not the most talking once once they hit 13. So I thought, how can we knit the hearts of people together? And we created this uh, program called Build a Lifelong Bond with Your Kids, which takes parents and their kids 10 to 18 years of age away, and they build a house, they volunteer, and then they go and go snorkeling and go on this massive trek. So we have regular tours, but we also have custom tours. Yes. So if you've got 10 or 20 people um, and you've got an idea, basically, like we did, Tony, we did exactly yes. this. We went through quite a process where... Yeah. So Justin essentially said, look, these are the different things that we can do. And then I sort of said to Justin, well, here's what I want to do. I want to have a tour that rejuvenates people's mind, body and soul. So, And I want them to experience what it is to sponsor a feeding program, to spend a night with um, a poor family. And then I want them to be pampered. So for, for me and, my, and our trip in November that Justin and I have planned, the first part of the trip will be um, we'll do some touristy things in Manila. We'll do the feeding program for the children. We'll spend a night in the um, GK village and then we'll all jump on a plane and go to one of the most beautiful islands in the world where we'll do some little workshops and um, enjoy the countryside some more little tours in and around and you'll have some downtime and so that way you get to experience a range of things within a week that takes you right outside your everyday life or your everyday business and gives you a unique experience within a week that will leave you feeling changed and transformed and that was what I liked most about Justin and Trips Plus was their ability to create something as individual as what I wanted and so Chase if you had um, you know 15 to 20 people and you went to Justin and said look we want to snorkel we want to trek we want to do a feeding program we want to do lots of little tours and he would just design that for you. Yeah, so that's absolutely. one of the amazing things about Trips Plus. Yeah, because, you know, when you add purpose to it, it's very individual. You know, what one yeah. person thinks is purposeful may not be others. So yeah. you start with a blank slate and say, what, what do you want to achieve? What's the life-changing experience you want to do? So say, for example, for... Build a lifelong bond with your kids. We've designed that so kids and parents come back thinking, Wow, gee, we've got it yeah. good in Australia. Yes. Maybe it doesn't matter if I don't have the latest iPhone 11. Um, yeah. When I give back to people, I'm transformed. Yeah. Uh, what else? Just spending quality time with their parents. So, you know, we've got a video on our YouTube channel where it has a few parents and their kids, and they said, you know, our relationship is different since we've gone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I think the in mind. Yeah, uh, Justin's company is 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 a very unique travel company, which w was what attracted me to it. The other thing is that. Um, 
the company offers their the people that engage with them or go on their tours three really important promises. So, Justin, can you tell our listeners what those three promises are from Trop Trips Plus? Yeah, so we've got seamless travel. So, you know, whenever you go on travelling, there is an element of waiting. You know, you can't yeah. get around. You've got to go to the airport and wait. But what we try and do is really minimise any of the waiting, any of the stuff that, you know, annoys you as a traveller. And so we create seamless travel experience. So all the logistics are really well planned um, and we explain. But also part of that is travelling like locals, you know, which is our second one, like a lot of tourism. So we don't just go on air-conditioned vans. So if you're going a long way, yes, go in an air-conditioned van. But if you're going 10 minutes, why would you want an air-conditioned van when you can go in a jeepney or a tuk-tuk, uh, you know, a tricycle, and you live like the locals? So we'll take people um, into places, experience what it means to live like a local. So, for example, uh, in the GK village, they come and do a special presentation to dance for us, and you get to go into the family homes and live with them or just spend a few hours with them. You can't do that. Third one is actually to have a life-changing experience. So you'll come back and look at the world with fresh eyes. And I've already mentioned a few of them today. Um, but whoever comes with it, be parents, their, their kids, whether it's medical and non-medical people. You know, it's, I'll just touch on this now. So next January, we'll be doing another medical mission. And some people think you have to be a doctor or a dentist or a nurse. I'm on a medical mission. But actually half of the people who go on a medical mission, myself included, I helped organise some of it. But half of the people are non-medical people and you just get to love people. You know, I met this girl, this young girl who was absolutely gorgeous. I wish I could have adopted her. And she, for whatever reason, just wanted to hang around me for an hour or two and jump on my back and do horse rides. And um, simply, that's what I remember. I remember her. I remember Shirley. I remember... Uh, from other trips, being in the trenches, building that house and getting the satisfaction that we started building that house. Yeah. So you're going to get things by going on a holiday with purpose that is so much more powerful than just going to a holiday, uh, on a holiday to consume it. Yeah. So there are three purposes. Fantastic. And so we quickly running out of time so I just thought we'd take the opportunity to talk about my tour coming up in November and what the, we've got planned for my tour um, and also listeners in the chat box I put up Justin's uh, email address and the website and I've also put up my transformational tours with Tony um, details but Justin what have we got planned for November okay so November uh, generally what we like to do, not all the time, depending on where you're going, is you arrive on, on a Saturday uh, and give you a cultural welcome. And generally the first night we always stay in a really nice hotel. Um, you know, nobody likes to stay in hotels that are that are awful, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah. So, so we stay in a beautiful hotel, um, you know, really good breakfast, but we give you a briefing. This is what the tour is about. So it's about people coming and doing that. Then on the Sunday... Um, we can do some uh, tourist stuff that might be Manila, the, the um, 
Spanish Quarter. You might ride a bamboo bike if people want to, or go on a Talesa ride, which is a a donkey ride around, flip-flop around the Spanish Quarter. Um, Then we go to Barbara's that nice to see the cultural show. Uh, That's a beautiful, just nice, easy way to get involved in um, Nice introduction to the Philippines. Filipino life. Then on the Monday, uh, what we're going to do is uh, go to GK Village and see what we can do with volunteering and stay the night. We also could, um, the next day, maybe go up to that art gallery uh, that I talked to you about because we originally planned to go to Ta'al Volcano, but all the volcano erupted. Um, It hadn't erupted for 44 years and it decided to do it about two months ago. But it's a beautiful, there's plenty of beautiful places to go. So uh, we may go up to the Spanish Art Museum, which is just a beautiful, serene place. And then spend the afternoon getting a massage, a one hour massage for Dr. Fish, swimming in the lap, eating. Um, And then after that, we fly to. On for the transformation experience. And once yeah. we get to Quran, as, as you mentioned, the whole the whole thing has experiential learning attached. That's the most powerful learning when you're actually yes. having. And yeah. there's something about um, taking people out of their busy everyday lives and putting them somewhere where it's different from what their everyday lives are and letting them experience all those components of a different culture, um, a people that are improvised and a beautiful, beautiful country with lots of history and great food. So for me, it's like um, ever since I stumbled across Justin and Trips Plus. It was an easy decision for me to partner with them to deliver my own tours. Um, And it's been, I can just highly recommend Justin and his company as being incredibly flexible in um, allowing you to choose what works for you and the things that they offer within the price range you want to offer it and um, just a really wonderful experience. So I encourage those listeners, if you want to visit the Philippines, just jump on to tripsplus.org and I've got the um website up in the chat box or email justin at justin j-u-s-t-i-n at tripsplus.org t-r-i-p-s-p-l-u-s dot org and justin it is the justin p at tripsplus.org so just put a sorry p just put a, a p after justin so justin p at tripsplus. okay cool justin p i'll just do that okay um Bobby wants to know, can anyone partner and is there money to be made in this? <laughs> Great question, Bobby. I'm going to quickly hand that over to Justin before can we run out of time. Part- so can anyone partner? Um, in what way? Like, what, what are you thinking? I are guess we- Bobby's wanting to know if he can do what I've done in partnering with you to deliver a transformational yeah, tool with Tony. Absolutely. So Bobby's... My, my Bobby's Philippines holiday tour. Yeah, so it's all my view of the way business should be. Like business traditionally is about dog eat dog, your foot on the yes. other side of your competitor's throat. You know, and we've seen that 
you know, that type of uh, over the last hundred years. But really, social enterprise business doing good, there shouldn't be any, uh, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. With Agreed. But it's all about collaborating and finding people with the same heart who have the same values who really want to change the world together and have fun doing it. So we place a huge emphasis on having fun. Yes. You know, so we only get one life, so you might as well have That's a lot of right. fun doing it as well. So, yeah, we're always happy to talk to people. Uh, I'm a very much a visionary, very much a lateral thinker, so I, I love people to just shoot the ideas. This is and, what I want to do. This is what I want yeah. it to look like, and Justin will just go with it and organise it for you. So for me, all I did was talk about it with Justin. Justin come back with an itinerary um, and a price point and we went from there. So it was a very seamless process. Yeah, so we tweaked it a bit and gave you ideas. What do you think think about this? Would you like that? Did you not like this? And just it was really a wonderful experience, Bobby, and I I can't wait to deliver this tour in November with Justin. And lovely listeners, we are out of time and Justin has to um, pop off the radio now and we have our next guest, Lisa. But before we pop Lisa live on, we'll say bye to Justin and thank you. And we're going to go to a quick song. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about the amazing guest we have next, Lisa Najjar. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony on W4WN, your safe space for tough conversations.
Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty, is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audio formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. Tough conversations on the social and moral issues of our time with Tony Lontis. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia, Radio Tony on W4WN. And welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio Tony. And our next guest, I am completely excited to introduce Lisa Najjar, who used to be a court reporter when Walt Disney came to her and asked her to write a book. She began reporting for a higher court, not the Supreme Court, but the Celestial Court. International psychic, medium, transformational speaker and author of Dying to Tell You, channels messages from the famously dead. Lisa is passionate about raising consciousness on the planet and she's executive producer and intuitive consultant for the award-winning documentary called What If? Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show uh, this morning. Your book, Dying to Tell, Channeled Messages from the Famously Dead, had an amazing uh, introduction. So you went from being a court reporter to having this experience where these famously dead people started talking to you. And I'm curious to know, were you always aware of spirits around you or did it really happen quite dramatically for you? Yes, I think I always had a gift for, we'll say, psychic and mediumship work. Yes. I just didn't use it and I really didn't think I ever would use it that way. I just helped out family and friends if somebody, you know, somebody had lost somebody and their loved one showed up, I would give them a message. And that was just how I left it. But this was quite different, actually. And it was kicked off after a psychic uh, reading? Is that one? No. No, No, I was, well, I guess you could say that. I was out um, up in the Rocky Mountains in Canada, and we were at some beautiful fifth-dimensional lakes uh, in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. And I was with two people, both of whom actually are mediums, and one of them who gave me messages on a regular basis, that time he said, well, Disney's here. And I thought it was uh, quite amazing because you don't expect that. And uh, he did. Yes, he came in and he, he said to me not to give up on my dream and that he would help me with it. And at the time, he meant a TV show that Spirit had basically given me. And it was a spiritual comedy uh, that Walt said he would help me get on the air and that I was to never give up on that. And so that was pretty amazing, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you welcomed the conversation with Walt. Did were, were at any time you a bit concerned that he was talking to you and not someone else? 
No, never. I, I think I just, uh, well, I just, I really did, Tony. I really yeah. did. Yeah. And, yeah. and what's interesting to me is there's a lot, a lot of people in the world are, are really interested in celebrities and, yeah. and some, you might say some are obsessed. Uh, yeah. I was the opposite of that. I couldn't <laughs> care less about them. I don't know a thing about them. I don't know what they did, who they're married to, who's who's in, who's not. Are they dead? Are they alive? I don't care at all. And in fact, when people talk about it, I pretty much tune out. I zone out. I check out. And so and I should have been shocked because of that. But I guess I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so Lisa wants to know, was this after he had passed or was he alive at the time? He was very much dead, wasn't he? Oh, yes, he was dead. Now, he, I did know that he was dead. Now, some of the guests yes. in my book, I didn't know. Like, for example, <gasps> Paul Newman, I didn't know if he had died and I cer- I didn't know if his <laughs> wife was alive or dead. I don't, I don't follow that stuff. So I wouldn't, yeah, I yeah. didn't know. No, I, I'm with you, Lisa. I'm not much of a follower of that stuff either. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so what was Paul Newman's message? Oh gosh, he was all about love. He, in fact, when I get um, feedback from readers of my book, almost yes. all of them cite uh, Paul Newman's uh, passage because it was they can feel him even through the pages. They can feel the energy that I felt, and every time he came, I knew because he came more than once, and I knew that it was him because. I always knew it was Paul because I'd start to cry. He yeah. came with so much love in his heart. It was all about deep, deep love. And the message was about how love bonds never die. And of course he was referring to his beloved wife and family yeah. and, uh, and that he's with them. And in fact, he's not going anywhere. He's yeah. uh, he's in the light. He's not yeah. a ghost that's sort of hanging around. Yeah. He's in the light, but he's uh, definitely waiting until his wife joins him and then they will adventure together but until then he's just watching over them and loving them as as deeply as always oh that's really beautiful so when spirits uh so the spirits that talk to you are they not passed on to a different realm are they i'm trying to conceptualize um how this works even though I appreciate that it's pretty hard to do that but my vision in my head is that you have the earth surrounded by spirit and these individuals remain in spirit that surrounds the earth before they head off to another universe I'm not sure if that's my correct understanding but how do you um, conceptualize what it looks like for you Lisa Oh, that's a great question, Tony. Um, I would say my current understanding is that, yes, we're in the third dimension, so let's call it 3D. And the fifth dimension is sort of master level where the the masters reside. And then in between that's the fourth. And that's where we could generally say heaven is. But Uh some spirits, for whatever reason, if maybe they passed suddenly or it was a suicide or they just refuse to, they just don't want to be dead. They will hang out. And that's what we would call ghosts. They would hang out and not go into the light. But the ones who have gone into the light, which of course are the majority of souls and everyone in my book, 
Uh, they go into, I don't know, call it, it's, it's somewhere in the fourth dimension. And they all go to different places, and we all do, depending on our level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then from there, apparently, we, we can do all sorts of things. We can go... Um, Island hopping. <laughs> oh, gee, that dimension hopping. like a bad thing, doesn't it? <laughs> right? It's just dimension <laughs> hopping, and they can traverse the, the airwaves. Uh, some of them uh, reincarnate uh, sometimes yeah. quickly, but yeah. that depends on, of course, their own soul path. And so yeah. they're on all levels of development, and the people in my book, The Beautiful Souls, they all have a unique sort of understanding or perspective from their vantage point and each one is in a kind of a different place. And that's what makes it fun is that we're, it's like, it's like fingerprints or our souls. We're also so individual. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that makes, that makes complete sense to me, the way that you described it. In fact, it gives me a a better idea of, of, of what I'm looking at or thinking about. And so, Walt helped you by coming to you first and then all the others come through sequentially that enabled you to write the book about their messages? Yes, sort of. Walt came the first time and it was about this TV show that I'm actually now, the reason I am in LA is to, is I'm pitching that from all those years ago. It was a lot of years ago. And then, uh, so, uh, and then he came to me a couple of years after he talked about the show and uh, he came to me and asked me if I would do the book and he told me about it. And I said, no, because (laughs) I was, I did because I was a single mother trying to, you know, just put food on the table and I had a business and I was a court reporter and I thought, I'm not an author. What, what on earth are you coming to me for? And um, so then, uh, so I said, no. And then uh, a couple years later, they, well, him and Abraham Lincoln and George oh. Harrison from the Beatles, the three of them came on Good Friday of 2015 and said, now will you do it? And I said, you know, I can now because my son's in the university and I have more time. I still yeah. don't know why you'd have picked me because I'm not an author. And they said, don't worry, but you are a court reporter and you can take dictation. And uh, that that was it. <laughs> I was just going to say, did they tell you why you were chosen to get the message versus someone else? And well, you're a court reporter, so you're going to report absolute truth in the way you report it, aren't you? Well, yes, absolutely. And the other thing is they said that there were a few reasons that they chose me. And actually, I've come to learn these over over these years is that one of them was they could see that I had a pure heart. Now, not a pure heart as in just, you know, as in my daily life. I mean, I'm like everyone, of course, you know, we're works in progress. But in this project and in any kind of projects that help help spirit, I'm totally pure of heart. It's 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 about integrity and it's about helping to raise consciousness on the planet and they knew and they told me this they said you couldn't be bought by money fame you know gifts you can't be bought you don't get motivated by those things and so we knew that the messages and what you do with them will stay pure and uh and will continue and a lot because I said why wouldn't you give this book to somebody that was already sort of out there on the lecture circuit top you know a a lecturer or something like that, a list person. And they said, 
No, and they said no because it was they needed the heart of it, and oh. they wanted they wanted I guess me to be the voice for for some of those reasons. Hmm. Oh, fabulous! Listen, Lisa, Ivy wants to know: Are you saying there is not set rules on what happens in the afterlife? Great oh, question. Oh, Ivy. He- Great question. And and I would say, oh, heavens, no, there is absolutely no. In fact, somebody with a really strong, let's say a belief system in that there's, you know, I think there's some certain belief systems where they'll say that there's going to be this happen and then this. Right, heaven or hell, or even Jesus will come and do this certain thing. Well, those are the people that stay kind of stuck for the longest period of time because they think it's black and white and it's in this box. And if it doesn't happen like that, there's nothing. And it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of us mediums have to go and help them to understand that you've been there a while and uh, they're trying to help show you that there's something else. And so let's open our minds and hearts to maybe there's another way. And that's when they can suddenly be free. Right. So um, Jesus was actually one of the, the, the spirits that came to you. What was that conversation like, Lisa? That was beautiful. And I have to admit that I had a quite close relationship with both Jesus and Mother Mary prior to this. And oh. so we, we we communed in different ways. And so many years before this book, Jesus had shown me, he basically showed me a movie film of all kinds of sins. We'll call them sins, uh, murderers, you know, rapists, adulterers, everything, thieves, whatever he showed me. And in each case, he said, now, what do you see here? And I said, oh, they're perfect and beautiful. Then we went to the next one and then the next one. And when I was finished, he said, now you must go and tell the world what I have shown you here. And I said, oh, but I couldn't, I'm not worthy to share this. And he, he stopped me and said, what are you, Lisa? And I said, worthy. I was like, (laughs) I couldn't accept it. You know, we, we have, we all struggle So many of us with, with just worthiness issues like me, what, what me? So, so Jesus already had showed me that we're all perfect. Our essence is absolutely beautiful. And he also shared that we've all been everything. We've been the up and the down, the black and the white, the the victim and the villain, all of it. And so in all these lifetimes, that's why we're not to judge because we've all been all of it. You know, the prostitute and the princess, we've been it all. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's that's a powerful message, isn't it? It was. That's where um, conventional religion falls down when there's so much judgment passed on to those that don't do or say or behave in a way that they think is appropriate and uh, I'm with you Lisa I just I don't think I as an individual don't have any right to judge anyone on any life chase choices that they make um, and if that's the message that you got from Jesus and Mother Mary, well, who are we to question that? Yes, yes, I I totally agree with you. And and it's hard because judgment, I mean, we, it's so easy to do that. 
But really, they're saying for a whole bunch of reasons. Not, not only have we not, that most of us have done all the things there are to do, the good and the bad. How, and the other reason is because we don't know what the soul the soul is working on. So unless we can see the soul path, we don't know if they're balancing some karma from another life. And so what looks, what appears to be so horrible to our human eyes might be a beautiful healing for that, those two people. And so we need to let them, let, let their souls and their God decide what, you know, where they missed the mark or where they didn't, but not us. Because I must confess that um, I've got your book and I immediately went to look at what um, Michael Jackson had to say because, right. um, I, you know, the, the claims about um, child abuse and I just wondered what his soul had to say um, and it wasn't anything that I expected. Yes, me either. And me either. And, um, and, you know, he's come in to he's come in a couple other times just with me. And, uh, and, and just actually to help me out with a, an issue I, I had at, at one of the times. And uh, he, I think, and, and perhaps one day he will enlighten us, he may, but I think the message was really powerful in there, in that, you know, again, we cannot judge because we do not know where someone's at, what the path is, what the agreements were, what the learning was. And there's such a complex situation going going on. It's 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 so complicated that yeah. our humanness could never wrap our minds around such a thing. And, and I've heard yes. What yes. on yeah, go on. Lisa, well, I was exactly. going to say that I I heard that the Dalai Lama for example. Yes. Now, I'm not sure I I should I guess I should check this out, but I heard that when asked, when asked, um, you know, if he's upset with the Chinese or, you know, with people that, you know, harmed his people and all that. And he said, why? Because I know on some level we're balancing something with them. And I have to just know that and trust that because and always act with love and compassion and kindness. And then that stops kind of the we'll call it the karma. So there's so many layers to all these things that I think as humans we try to figure them out and I think that's better left to God. (laughs) Do you think Lisa um like from my perspective there seems to be a rising of consciousness and understanding like never before and so you work in this area all the time do you feel like humans are raising their intuitive intelligence? Oh my gosh, are we ever? In fact, Good. it's yes, there yes, there's an ascension afoot. We Good. are actually ascending and and we're going into Excellent. all of us, well, not all of us, I guess whoever yes. checks their box and wants to go <laughs> um, into that fifth dimension and it's a it's We're still learning in the fifth, but we're doing it through a creation consciousness versus a survival consciousness. And I, for one, have checked my box, and I bet you have too, Tony. Yeah, yeah. I I just, there's so much coming to me uh, organically in terms of the people that connect with me and the business associations and the retreats that I go to, the people that I uh, hear speak, it just 
from my perspective, seems to be a real rising of that intuitive um, intelligence and understanding and that the things that we may have been told in our childhood just are no longer making sense and um, that whole premise of coming from a point of love and joy and what that generates in your life in terms of energy and if we all come from that place, what the collective energy would be able to do in terms of um, uh, raising the vibration and the energy of the earth so that all the, the bad lessons or is better understood, I guess. That's my feeling. What do you think, Lisa? Oh, my gosh. You're so, so right. And it was said so beautifully. Absolutely. Um, and also my book, well, Spirit in general has been telling yes. me this, but the book, some of the folks in the book do address this, that it's the young people. They're coming in with more yes. of what I'll call the Christ consciousness. And it is that universal brotherhood of man. Openness, and that, yes. And they're, they're reseeding this. But generally speaking yes we're all feeling it and what it is is the veil is lifting there's Excellent. there's not the same veil between us and them anymore that higher frequency yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and 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 that concept that you as a human being have the ability to tap in to a power greater than yourself for advice and guidance and that it works Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm I'm putting together a program how to teach um, increase your intuitive IQ because it is, I say that's useful from anything from buying a house to, to picking yes. a spouse. And it yes. really is. Yes. It, it, and we all have it. And it's only a matter of do we trust it and, and do yes. we do we use it? And if we do, if we say yes to both of those, we keep getting more and more. But it's easier and easier. And even hardcore skeptics are now having experiences that they can't deny anymore. <laughs> That's right? good. That's good. That's great. I like it when hardcore skeptics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> powerful happened to them that they can't explain and they have to go, well, okay, there might be something to this. So Lisa, right. um, Leo wants to know how many dimensions are there? Great question, Leo. That- that is a great question, and I can I can say that my again my what spirit has told me thus far is I believe in the in uh, well this is going to be called it's all so complicated but yes, yes. there are different types of beings and so for yes. human beings mm-hmm. there are um, two hundred and fifty four or something like that dimensions as far as oh I know my, now oh my God. right really? and then there's dimensional levels of of angels for example because angels and and there's all these different types of beings and so they have who knows how many dimensions to theirs I don't know. So besides humans and angels, what other sorts of beings have you seen or interacted with? Well, I haven't seen any, well, I'm not sure what we would call the masters. I mean, they would hail from all sorts of places. But I've heard that there's, you know, from the fairy realm, there's magi, there's Yes, there's all kinds of really, oh, I mean, see, it's, that's it's fascinating. Really me. I'm a bit fascinated by fairies. They oh. really make my heart beat fast. And <laughs> oh, I, that's beautiful. Could be something to do with the green eyes, but. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I really, yes, that, that, that realm is quite fascinating for me. Um, and I 
feel very new to a lot of this and a lot of the conversations around spirituality, but the more that I talk to people like you um, and, and many others, uh, the more I learn and the more fascinated I, I become. So, um, okay, so 250-odd human and is that filled with spirits of humans past or and or souls waiting to reincarnate? What does that look like for you, Lisa? I have never visited all those, uh, not even, I, I don't even know. Well, I visited the fourth and the fifth, but yes. uh, I'm not, and maybe something higher that I'm not aware that it was, mm. but probably. But mm. yeah, I really don't know that, that too much of that, but I'll have to explain that. Well, I'm so fascinated like you, and I'm yeah. delving into that now and asking some of the high beings to come through me and to and work with us. me. And they, they've, they yes, and to tell us because like you, I would love to know all the all the workings of it. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I have a friend who lives in a, um, we live in a, in a, in a valley and she lives in the next valley over and both the valleys have a beautiful spiritual energy and essence. And she actually, uh, thinks that she has fairy beings that visit her property. And she actually showed me some time-lapse photography of these little light beings and like they just look like pure white light to me um and when you said fairies i'm like oh my goodness i'll just add that to my little database of um fairy stuff to try and figure out what i may believe going forward and so if there are lots of other beings surrounding us um in this earth and human experience we are so uh we're like babies in that realm of knowledge aren't we i think so too and and the thing is though the you know the me that's talking to you and the you that's listening and all all of them that you know the the listeners um this is just oh it's just a drop in the ocean of who we really are we're these mighty beings that are that are multi-dimensional and we have so much knowledge and and awareness and that's part of the veil lifting i think we're going to step in naturally to that knowingness of who we really are and and uh so our grandchildren may actually grow up readily talking to spirit or communicating with their guides um, and that be very normal and accepted. Wouldn't that be an amazing world? Oh, it would. And in fact, the fifth dimensional beings tell us that in the fifth dimension and higher, that's exactly how they are. The children oh. from the from the time they're created, they it's 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 the way it is, and they are. Well, yeah. And wouldn't that be just oh, so wouldn't so it? helpful? Really, I, and it's just so beautiful. Oh. Exactly, a, a world where we are at peace within ourselves and within the world, that we connect and interact with love, joy and happiness, uh, that would be just, I think that we would see the end of um, chronic illness, 
um, mental health issues. I just think that that would be a powerful way to live. Um, Missy says, knowledge is power, but too much knowing could be harmful, do you think? Yes, I think, Missy, you're absolutely right in the sense that right now we're housed yes. in these 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 third-dimensional bodies. And But I think as we grow, let's hope, because, yes. well, from what I understand, the, the thinking of, you know, Atlantis and all of that came because people's consciousnesses were low, but their yes. knowledge was high, and that's mm-hmm. where the problem is. But if our consciousness grows with the knowledge, then we, we're raised to the level where love is the ultimate, and so even with great power and knowledge, you wouldn't do anything to miss, you know, you're not going to misuse that. But if you have a low consciousness and you're still in warrior mentality and consciousness, then yes, I think it's terrible. And and it's and it frightens me. I've, you know, that's what has probably caused a lot of and is causing a lot of the issues. Misuse of power. Absolutely. Yes. yes. That um, and when, for our listeners, when Lisa talks about low consciousness, that's the ideas around um, not acting with integrity, wisdom, and power. That's mistreating other human beings. That's that's the bad things that humans do, knowing that they're wrong and 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 still doing them. That's low consciousness. Is that a good uh, way of describing it? Oh, that's. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. So thank you. (laughs) And so if if we were all not if we were all operating at a higher consciousness, that way the world would see the almost complete reduction of all the the so from uh, the poor to slavery to misuse of power to bullying to abuse, you would see all of those decrease as a natural phenomenon because people are coming from a, a higher consciousness, a better space, a better knowing, a better knowledge. Um, and when you operate at that higher level, there's no need to kill, maim, bully mistreat absolutely Um, yeah Uh, and i think that the more we accept people with psychic and intuitive abilities and listen to what they say what they teach and practice how they connect the higher the consciousness of the world becomes and the less of the troubles we see now in this world they're reduced and that's not that's simply by raising people's conscious level. So that's kind of simple and a kind of simplistic view, I guess, of how we fix the world's problems. But, man, wouldn't that be great, don't you think? Oh, I really do. I do. And and even in my, my workshops and my classes and all the things that I do, I also teach, you know, something that goes along with what she just said, too, is yeah. that um, – is that uh, – even even with uh, psychic phenomenon and and, yes. and all the let's say the power of that, it again needs to be used in light and in love, and because otherwise it's just we can you know the dark let's say the dark energy can also yes. use uh, obviously energetic power and and so, psychic stuff too to actually, do to do evil things. Yeah, 
that's the thing I wanted to explore. As a psychic medium, do you have dark energy, dark entities come to you or that's never happened or you feel protected from that? How does how's that played out in your life, Lisa? Oh, that's a great question. And yes, I did. Uh, occasionally I still do, but uh-huh. I did at the beginning when I was yes. opening up and learning. And I yes. think that they, because you're opening and you, you know, you yes. have to be so careful and, and really state your full and true intention that I work only with the light for the light of the light and, uh-huh. and, and right. And, and you just keep on, but they still try to sneak in every now and again, because they're attracted to the light. They're attracted yes. and uh, like a moth to the flame, and uh, yes. but not doesn't happen very often anymore. And probably like a lot of your your listener, our listeners yes. here, and you yourself, you know, we can feel that too when we yes. meet up with someone or we walk into yes. a place, Definitely. something that feels off. It's off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's off. Trust it. And what do you do besides saying that that little prayer or mantra? What else do you do that protects you now that you had to learn about? Yes, I think there's all sorts of things. And you find what resonates. Some people, you know, have a white bubble of light around them. Yes. yes, Uh, Some say different chants or mantras, uh, prayers and things like that. Um, And some people, if if it gets too too heavy and I can't really seem to get it off, um, I will. I work with people that do that kind of work and they can see stuff. But I chosen not to see that kind of stuff. I don't yeah. want to. I, all my yeah. work and all my readings are only in the light. So I'm not the ghostbuster or the one who yeah. clears entities off people. Um, but there are but other people, people do that. There are other people that do that. Uh, yes, and they're good at it and they love it. So it's, it's beautiful, right? We all have our role. So I wonder how they protect themselves. I think that they're, I don't know, I, I, I have to guess the one I work with is, is a pretty high yeah. being. So he's, I imagine he's quite, well, he's not above, above all of it because there's higher yeah. and higher levels. But uh, I, I'll ask him next time. That's a great question. That's, I'd, I'd be fascinated to know because, uh, you know, light balances dark and, you um, there's always been that idea out there that, well, essentially when I was growing up, that psychics and psychic mediums were prone to dark light and dark energy, but that's that's not the reality I've learnt as I've grown up and gotten older, that anyone that I've ever talked to, they are quite clear in protecting themselves and indeed some of them have never experienced dark energy at all. And so I've wondered what what um, what people did to protect themselves and um, if there were if there you've ever heard of any you know horrible outcomes um, from uh, those energies but then they can't really attack a human being can they well I used to think that Tony and oh. I want to think that I really yes. want to because I like to live in the light but yeah. I I have a I have a pretty good friend who long time ago like 20 yeah. at least years ago had an experience where he just refused to believe that there was you know that there was a dark well he knew there yes. could be some darkness but he thought he was there's no way it could could you know overtake some something that's loving yes. and he had a real a real situation with that uh, energy. And finally, he 
he had to accept that, okay, it's, you know, there's light and dark and there's, and that's in everything, in every walk of life and everywhere. And he had to sort of really change his tune about that. And he became what you you might say as a believer now, but, uh, but he still, I mean, that was probably the only experience he's ever had, but maybe it was a lesson for him to, uh, to value that, that everything exists, all of it exists. Right. So I've got another question for you. When you are, um, when you walk into a room, do you get um, messages instantly? Does it? Do you have um, something that opens you up to the messages in a certain point in time? How how does that work? Because I just, you know, uh, that Hollywood movie idea where um, the the psychic walks into a room and is suddenly confronted by um, hundreds of uh, souls. That's not how it works, is it? Well, I suppose that could happen, but I, um, I, it doesn't happen to me. No, thank God. I've told them, <laughs> and I've been very clear with spirit. Really, yes. Um, even even if they come, so they play. If it's a deceased loved one, they play with my hair. So if I feel something and it's not time, it's not in session, I'll say, no, you must leave now. This We're not doing any sessions, so you must leave. And generally speaking, that works for me. But, yeah. um, you know, it might be different for other people. But for me, it definitely, because can you imagine what that would feel like to be, exactly. I mean, it's it's a terrible it's a salt, you know. It's I couldn't imagine being bombarded with that yeah. sort of thing going it, it, in my normal life. Yeah, it would wear you out. Like the ta- you, you, you have to set aside a certain amount of energy to do the work that you do. And if it was going on twenty four seven, you would be completely physically and mentally exhausted, and that's not good. That's a that's a brilliant point because I just found out from spirit that, and this, this number shocked me, but that yeah. one hour of channeling is equivalent yes. to 10 hours of moderately strenuous exercise. Wow. So imagine, and that's why I, I, I wondered why I felt so wiped out. And yet yeah. I think, well, geez, you know, I can sit in my pajamas on the phone and do a, a session with somebody. Why do I feel like this at the end? Well, yes. it's because the energy is, I mean, it's it's something. We're, we're working yes. really hard to get that yes. energy and to, to maintain. And if it's a fifth dimensional, so it's a master level and higher yes. rather yes. than deceased loved ones, that while it's beautiful, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful energy and it, and it uplifts our cells and our beingness, but it still wipes you like you're, you're in an altered state and you, you kind of, sometimes I can't talk to anybody afterwards. Yeah. I can't yeah. talk to friends or, or nothing. Yeah. So you need to learn to manage it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And how often do the higher level beings check in with you? Is it something that happens regularly or sporadically? Well, I hope it's going to happen more and more because it's yeah, divine. Yes. It truly yes. is. Um, I would say fairly regularly now when I do my groups, I do evenings uh-huh. with spirit. And when yes. I do these yes. groups of people, oftentimes an archangel or, or a beloved master oh. Jesus or some of them will come and give beautiful messages for the group. So I I always feel so so honored and blessed to be to be able to to bring that and and 
and help in any way I can that way. And the last couple of uh, months, uh, a, a dear friend of mine, Deva Pramal, so many of your listeners may know her, uh, chant artist, a beautiful chant artist who spends a lot of time in Australia. Um, she and I, we just do these sort of, we'll call them fun sessions where we yeah. see who comes because the most interesting beings come through for us. And so Shiva, Lord Shiva has been coming the last few times and, and um, gracing our presence. And uh, so that's pretty powerful i can't i can bear i can't open my eyes i can barely sit up i mean it it takes over in a way but not not over over i don't let anything take over me but it's pretty profound yeah and even after the tiredness um settles does it still rejuvenate you lisa well how i explain it to clients (laughs) yeah i explain to, to people that uh it's depending who, what I'm channeling. So in a session, I do psychic work, I can do mediumship work, and I can do channeling of higher beings. So if it's if I do a whole session and it's all deceased loved ones, that is very tiring for me in just physical ways. Mm-hmm. When I channel psychic work, when I rather bring psychic information, that's yeah. kind of neutral. I don't feel uplifted necessarily. I don't feel wiped out necessarily. It's just very neutral. And then when I do the high beings of light, that uh, is amazing. It's like I, it's like I stepped into heaven, and so for for sometimes the whole rest of the day I feel enlivened and almost resurrected. So that's beautiful. Oh, that does sound lovely. So for our listeners, can you explain to them the difference between psychic work, medium work, and channeled messages? Yes, that, and that, that is a good question, too, because uh, it's, it can be cha- uh, challenging to sort of grasp the nuances, but it's basically the source of the information. Yes. So every medium is a psychic, but not every psychic is a medium. And uh-huh. so psychic work is where I would tap into potentials and possibilities, yes. and it, it could be your aura, it could be that I'm tapping into the collective consciousness, and I'm grabbing a hold of some potentials and possibilities. If you stay on that trajectory, okay. these are some outcomes that could happen, but you could always take a sharp left turn if you want yeah, and change yeah. that. Yeah. And then a mediumship, it, it the source of that information comes directly from your loved ones. And so I'm just a telephone, I listen to what they're saying, and I tell you what they're saying. And it's kind of, it's just that, you know. And then the channeling, well, I just distinguish channeling as high beings, but many people would call mediumship channeling. But I say, well, Mm -hmm. for me, channeling is the high beings of light that are fifth dimension and higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so since you've written the book, Lisa, with all those high-profile people coming to you, do you, and, and once the book was finished, did they all come back? Did some of them come back? Did some of them never, you never hear from them again? Uh, some of them I haven't heard from again. A couple of uh-huh. them have come in through my readings with others. Oh. And uh, that was always fascinating and quite a, quite a shock. And some of them come to me and just work with me uh, on various things and with various things. And George Harrison, for example, I never, ever 
because I don't follow celebrity stuff. I don't know when people, when their birthdays are, when their death days are. But for some reason, every year on his anniversary of his passing, he comes to me and I never know that it's that. I find out (laughs) on Instagram or something, but he'll come to me and he'll give a beautiful message. And so I have a few of those. Uh, So yeah, they do pop in from time to time about certain things that are going on. And sometimes in my own world, if I need a hand with something, they'll still come advice. in with advice mm-hmm. yeah 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 um the other one i was curious about is elvis presley what was he like well he is a really beautiful and the thing is in the book though he um he's in a little bit of a i'll say a sad space and the reason is because he can see what an act of kindness does now that he can see energy and yes. so he said Lisa, if you could see what I see when I look at somebody loving somebody or or doing an act of kindness, he says that energy reverberates off the planet out into the infinity, basically. And he says, if I knew that, I would have done kindness all day long. He said, the fact that I had so much power, influence, reach, you know, uh, he said, I could have done so much more. And that's what's making him a little bit sad. And uh, but he's just beautiful, and and I I uh, working with him. Yeah, yeah. Do the beings ever um, make commentary about you know how they died or why they died? So we know that Elvis passed from um, a heart attack, probably due to drug addiction, drinking, etc. Do they ever talk about their actual passing with you? No, they never have. And I thought that maybe that would come out, but yeah. they, they never have. And I think all I can guess is that they wanted to use this opportunity, this, I guess we'll say this me- medium yes. uh, of this book to show, to basically help us live more meaningful lives. They yes. they all yes. agree that they had influence, intellect, power, money, resources, fame, fortune. They had all of it. And what they realized is that none of it mattered when they cross over and they want mm-hmm. they want to take the opportunity to use their name to really come forward mm-hmm. and help people to live better lives now before they, they pass so that and and benefit from the wisdom that they have now gleaned. And I think they know that from that higher place, those are the important things. And I think their earth life and all of that went with that. For all intents and purposes, it's like a costume that we discard and it's over there in the in the closet and that's not who they are anymore. So I don't think that's what why yeah, they, they I, I think that's what happened. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they don't there's no concept of okay, that's fascinating, isn't it? It's very and the only other the only other person I wanted to ask you about and um was Cleopatra. Oh, she was energy. amazing. Oh, really? Well, it was the power. I, I thought, oh, my God, who is here? This is really yeah. different than the rest of them. And yes. all of a sudden, I had to sit up so straight in my chair, and I felt this surge of power come over me, and I thought, what is going on? And then she spoke. I mean, that was really beautiful and quite profound, and, and it really was a call to women a call yes. to women because we were so powerful in so many different eras throughout history yes. and it's time to stand up right as she says rise up women because we have so much power and we 
we could change the world so quickly and yeah. because we come from more of a love base in, yeah. to begin with we yeah. just we have that whole give birth Different give life energy thing male mm-hmm. energy isn't it feminine totally. feminine energy is completely different and it's not to say that one is better than the other but they are completely different and work in different ways and yes that feminine heart driven um, strength is something the world desperately needs at this time and I'm really hoping that we will see it um, come to the forefront in the next decade in particular um, so that our grandchildren get to experience a better and higher uh, living in in their um, lifetimes. Yes, yeah, so do I, Tony, so do I and we have so much to offer and you know, it's just, it's like, I guess a pendulum, you know, things we were in power for so long and then it sort of swung the other way. And I feel now it is swinging back. And I think we're going to end in a really beautiful middle place where we embrace our male, you know, aspects and males embrace their feminine energies and aspects because we're all ultimately, you know, balanced beings with both. Yeah. I I think that would be a, a powerful time to live when the balance is, is is swung back to where it should be and yes definitely it's swung back in the wrong direction and very much feel that it's coming back towards center which is what the earth um, and the world and humanity needs to um, a big correction doesn't it oh my gosh yes and and have you noticed because oh boy I sure have the the males, the young guys that are in, like my son is yes. 26, but yes. his generation, oh gosh, they're so they're loving. Much, they yes. hug each other. They, yes. they, they're not, I mean, they embrace color and shape they and so, they embrace. Yes. It's yes. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. My son is um, 28, almost 29. And he, his girlfriend, long-term girlfriend um, is uh, a Solomon Islander girl and the love that they have and their love for family is really special. Um, and I'm, yes, I'm very glad that some of those things are happening for our young men. And I would really like to see more young men talk about this sort of stuff um, and talk about the heart-led um, information that they have because it will be the change that we want to see in the world i think that we're well i dearly hope that we're passing out of the rich white male patriarchy that has held us in a a terrible space for enough time now and that needs to pass um and yeah lisa i'm glad that you've said that you feel that uh, women and women's uh, femininity and strength rising up because I, I feel it too um, and a lot of higher level women are starting to talk very much about that that rising of that feminine energy not as a overtaking or overpowering energy but just as a quiet loving um, full of strength energy that's required to change the world almost like to wash it clean and ready for a new age well that's my hope anyway absolutely and i'm I'm also noticing at least here in california 
Actually, no. Even in in Calgary, Canada, where yes, I yes. where my son is, and where I moved from four years ago, actually, oh. yes, there there are men's groups that are starting up all over the place with uh, really, you know, kind of awakened guys, and they're oh. leading these men's groups, and these groups are getting more and more members coming in. And I said, wow! Every time I hear about that, I'm just I'm just so excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's exciting to hear. Um, because Canada is one of my favorite. Other than um, obviously I live in Australia, but um, Canada, my brother has lived there for 27 years. And when you first come on the show and started talking about the Canadian Rockies, it just it, it when anyone talks about the Canadian Rockies, it immediately transports me to that. I don't know, it's a beautiful space slash feeling that I haven't, I I don't ever experience anywhere else except in Canada. It came, I've come close to that same feeling in um, the Alps of Austria, but it's that that, uh, alpine air, snow, there's just, there's something really special about it. And when you said that you'd been in the Rocky Mountains when you first had that 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 um, experience, uh, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I've got to get back to the, the <laughs> Canadian Rockies again soon. It's been a couple of years. Um, well, can I tell you, Tony? Yes. You might also be tapping into something really beautiful because <gasps> what I've come to understand from Archangel Michael is that yes. when he's on the planet, his home That's what is it Lake feels Louise. Like. Yes. And yes. not only that, there's four lakes there. So one is Lake Louise, which is yes, Archangel yes, Michael's yes, home. And yes, then there's Lake Moraine. Yes. And then there's Lake Moraine, Lake yes. O'Hara, and Lake yes. uh, Emerald. And yes. Lake O'Hara is already in the fifth dimension. And that <gasps> is the place that I, well, on my website, on the contact yes. page, if yes, you I just look, put there's your this. website up in the, in the chat box for the listeners to jump onto your website. Right, and Sorry. if they go to the contact page, they'll see this this beautiful picture, and that is taken at Lake O'Hara. It's already in the fifth dimension, and I walked up, you know, to the to the to that rock, and I said, yes. "Oh my God, uh, my Archangel Michael's here!" And I said to my friend Bonnie, "Take a picture of me because he's going to show himself in this picture," and you can see the big, huge, beautiful green orb, and it was oh. magical. You have to get there. You will absolutely feel the fifth dimensional quality. And it's, there aren't any words to tell you, you know, how vibrationally how that is. But you're the first person that's understood when I've described that feeling in those places. You're the first person I've come across that's like, oh, yeah, I. I, and I'm, I'm so glad you shared that with me, Lisa. Um, well, I because, just, I was so happy to hear you say that <laughs> because now you know what you're feeling. You're, you're tapping into it. Feeling. Yeah. Wow. I'd, I, I, since publishing my book and becoming uh, a somewhat a public figure and and um, talking on radio, I, I've just. I keep learning so much that it just boggles my mind. And again, the more people that I talk to, and I'm absolutely attracted to mediums and psychics and intuitives and channelers, and they're the ones I love to have on the show. But the more that I have them on the show, the the, the, the 
bulk of stuff that I'm learning is blowing my mind. Um, my show guest yesterday was talking about um, Akashic Records and I didn't even know what they were until, you know, talking to her live on year. And then having you on today and you just confirmed all this amazing information and I'm blown away, Lisa. Thank you so <laughs> much for um, coming on my show and being so open to our questions and our conversation about the spirit realm, I guess, is I, I, when I say spirit realm, for me, that is love and light. That encompasses love and light in, in my world. Um, and being able to present um, the population with some education, knowledge and understanding about the spiritual realm can only improve our human experience, don't you think? Yes, Yes, absolutely. And and thank goodness that you're you're out there doing that because you're helping, you're raising the consciousness and the more and more people that get to hear your guests and get to hear, you know, your thoughts and and if there's a vibration about that and each thing like that takes people to a whole nother level or it might crack the door open just a little and it's beautiful. And they become curious. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've always been been curious, which is why I sort of have challenged the traditional um, thoughts of, of, of even my parents because I was always curious, always thought that there was something more um, out there and, and the whole conversation about the spiritual realm just it fills me with, with joy and happiness. So I'm happy to keep talking to wonderful, amazing people like yourself. And I've just realised I've completely talked through um, my allocated time and we've got one minute to go, but I just <laughs> wanted to say quickly, I'm sorry for keeping you so long, Lisa. I didn't realise. <laughs> oh, it's sorry. been such a pleasure. You're delightful and I've thoroughly enjoyed being here with you. I just love this conversation thank thank you so much for having me really loved talking to you what an absolute pleasure to have an insight into your world and how it's um transforming people and just for our listeners don't forget to jump on to um lisa's site and i've got the uh her website up in the chat box and it's called dying to tell you books.com and it has all of Elisa's wonderful um, information, her classes, her readings, how you can connect with her, how you can book her to be a speaker. And I just encourage you to jump on that website and have a look. And before we run out of time, Lisa, thank you so much for jumping on Radio Tony today. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure we'll get to talk to each other again at some stage. But you take care and thank you for being my guest today. Oh, you're so welcome. Many blessings to you, honey. Okay. And that, my wonderful guest and my wonderful listeners, is all I have for you on Radio Tony today. Um, I'll join you next week. Over to you, Rebel, and bye for now, everyone. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. 
back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.